Welcome to the Doghouse. I'm Diana. And I'm David. It's Riverdale, Season 7, Episode 2, Chapter 119. A Scott, Pop, Skip, and a Thump. Riverdale High's sock op is around the corner, and Archie has his sights set on taking Veronica to the dance. Betty is confused when Kevin appears uninterested in taking things to the next level with her. Classic tropes, classic tropes, we're gonna do a lot of classic tropes. This was a, a shockingly and somewhat forebodingly uneventful episode of Riverdale. It really was. I do really appreciate that they closed the door on the back and forth with the like, we're in an alternate reality thing. For the moment. For the moment. Like, I know it's under there. It's going to be underlying. Um, But I like that. I like that we get to kind of just exist in here for a little while. Um, And I hope what I what I assume is eventually is going to happen is everyone's going to push towards their... I hate to use this word, but their end game, <laughs> their oh. character end game, if you will. I'm putting in the peewee noise. Thank you. She said the secret word. I said the secret word. But that, I mean, that's kind of appropriate for this world. Like, I think they're all going to push towards, you know, like Betty being with Archie uh, whenever Reggie shows up, like whatever that's going to be, um, Jughead and Tabitha, like those things. They have to restore back to the way things were in order to get the universe to realign sure so i mean that's fine whatever um but i think it was just kind of like mostly like fun 50s hijinks which is a nice break we haven't had a hijinks episode in quite some time it was truly just a silly episode yeah um with with some seeds being planted which is great love that Mm -hmm. uh so it wasn't a waste um, we really start this episode with Jughead talking about comic books and about how they have such a cultural impact, which is really them talking about today, which is which does make that narration great because how influential are comic books right now? Huge. And so we see, you know, Jughead in his long johns in his tr- abandoned train car with his stacks of comics. He goes to school and he realizes that the most recent Pep comic uh, stole his story. Like it's not word for word, but it is so similar, including some specifics. And he's talking to Dilton and Ben and Ethel. The These are all their original actors from the original first season. Mm-hmm. So we Ben Button, Dilton Doily, um, yeah, and Ethel Muggs, of course. They're in the doghouse complaining. Hey, hey, and you know they're like, okay, well, why don't you know you try to sue him? He's like, well, shucks to that. I'm gonna pay him a visit. They're here. <laughs> the shucks to that is nice. I'm gonna sue him. Can you prove this? Yeah. Everybody is looking at Jughead like they always do. Mm. Mm. You know you like. Way over exaggerate things, Jug, because he does. Yeah, fair. Um, then we get some dun 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 from Greece. Uh, that's almost identical to the one they use in Greece when they're doing the nor- mor- the morning announcements. Actually, there are a lot of Greece uh calls in this episode, which I find adorable. Mm-hmm. Cheryl's telling everyone, "Hey, we're gonna have a sock hop. You need to come buy your tickets." Kevin and the crooners are singing. It's gonna be great. And as this is happening, we see, you know, the students in class kind of looking at each other. Archie looks at Veronica and he's like, oh, I can't wait to ask her. Betty looks at Kevin, but Kevin is looking at Clay. Now, in our last episode, I was a little confused about who Clay was in this universe because I wasn't sure. I went and looked him up. This is Clay Walker. In the comic books, when Kevin Keller shows up, 
which is way past the time when I was reading the comics at that point. Eventually, Clay Walker becomes Kevin Keller's husband. Noted. So this is definitely from the comic book universe. I didn't just create him for the TV show. That is awesome. Makes me kind of want to go investigate some of that storyline a little bit more. But that's cool. Love it. So after class, Archie goes to talk to Veronica and he's like, I want to take you to Sock Hop. And she's like, well, can you dance? Can you cut a rug? He just stares at her blankly. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. And she's like, well, I'm going to need a demonstration, daddy-o. What a dumb, dumb boy. He's so dumb. Like, I have to give it to KJ for doing the best shitting grin when it comes to Veronica. It is adorable and a little off-putting. It's perfect. It's perfect. We thought he was big, dumb Archie in season one. Uh, this is like him shitting on big, dumb Archie, and I love it. Mm -hmm. It's great. Uh, we cut to a different hallway where Midge... This is not our Midge from season one. It is a different actress. Boo. Hey, other actors could have been busy. Yeah, I know. Could have not boo. wanted to do it. But it's not the same actress, cause, but they gave her the same haircut, which was rude. Um, so Midge and Cheryl are manning the booth and Tony shows up with fangs. And Cheryl's like, oh, are you here to buy a ticket? She goes, well, that depends. Uh, and Tony's like, well, are you asking me out? And Cheryl. So, but, but, uh, no, uh, no, of course not. I'm I'm hosting the dance and not to mention you're uh, an I'm uh, and girls and Tony's like what girls don't dance together calm down Peggy Sue I'm not buying a ticket my fang my pal Fangs here is a singer and we're hoping you give him a shot at playing the sock hop you should add him to the lineup and the serpents will be there in full force and Cheryl is so offended by everything that's happening here she's like and start a rumble as greasers Ugh, nope Kevin and the crooners are performing as previously announced and so tony's like okay we offered good luck selling your tickets to that b-grade barbershop quartet and fangs who has been making eyes at midge and midge making eyes at fangs just says later midge <laughs> great it's great i love the starter rumble <laughs> so cute but this to me i know i said in the last episode that like cheryl doesn't realize she's gay oh no and this is like oh no cheryl 100 knows she knows but in this world, uh, that's not allowed. Nope. And I am guaranteeing she's already had some sort of treatment for what her parents would likely call an affliction. You're like, girls, you don't have an affliction. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But we got to go down this horror show again. Well, okay. But they're doing it in the most adorable way. Okay. I wish it didn't feel so blatantly hitting us over the head between Cheryl and Tony. You've really established they're star-crossed lovers. They're together in every timeline. That's fine. Just let that be because it feels like, sh like one, Cheryl is denying it now. She's just like completely, like, no, nothing that seems lesbian. No. And it feels like they're having Tony like press this button that is clearly a sore point for Cheryl. That feels icky. Like, even if Tony is all about Cheryl and has the hots for her, can it just be, like, Tony doing her thing? Because that's not how it feels. That's what I don't like. See, but also, Tony Tony may have done her research. Tony may know all of this about Cheryl. Tony knows how to get under Cheryl's skin to get what she wants. But here's the thing. At this point, we do not know this about Tony in this world. No. So I don't like it. It feels forced. Not to mention their relationship is completely toxic in present day Riverdale. So no, they should not be together. 
but they're gonna <laughs> whatever i can still not like it so jughead goes to the pep comics office which looks exactly like the fbi office location and mr fieldstone is just like get over your persecution complex i've got every germ of an idea in here i don't have time to read submissions like get over it and jughead's like wait you're looking for writers yes so he, he's gonna give jughead a shot he gives him a log line tells him to turn it into a seven-page story by tomorrow morning and if it doesn't make me puke we'll talk <laughs> i like it cool it's J. jonah jameson all the way down oh yeah love it i'm here for fieldstone because he is funny I, I i like the adult who's not 100 dismissive of the children but is also not like buying into their bullshit <laughs> no 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 <laughs> we, we need more of those adults uh, we go over to Betty's house. We're in Betty's room, and she's going to teach Archie how to dance. So they're going to start with Twist, and he is awful. He is so awful. And so Betty's like, okay, everyone can slow dance. Let's do that. So they start dancing, and they're kind of making eyes at each other. Like, like, oh, this is working very well. I also want to point out that Betty's bed in this time fr- timeline is the exact same. I just thought it was interesting. Betty's house was always new, made to look vintage, but it's mm-hmm. fun that here it's it's the same bed. Might might be a glitch. It might be a glitch in the Matrix. But Alice shows up and is shocked that there's a boy in her room. And Archie is leaving, but make sure to tell your mom that thanks for helping chaperone. Very funny. The proprietary is adorable. His total Archie face. Bye, Betty. Bye, Mrs. Cooper. She's shoving him out. <laughs> shoving him out. How dare you be in my daughter's bedroom? I get it. I It's the 50s. It's still, it's stupid. We cut over to Jughead's train cart and Ethel's there. She's there reading his stuff. And she's like, hey, I I would love to draw this. And he's like, really? You you want to do that? And she's like, yeah. It's like, okay, well, if if he takes it, I'll put your name forward. And she's like, oh, really? That would be amazing. And he's like, well, yeah, but like, we got to see what he says first. Okay. Like, she's like all in, all in at this point. Oh, Ethel. Well, okay, and so this one, I, I at first I was like, ugh, because Shannon Purser deserves so much better. I know, I know. But which has been my argument about Ethel for so long. But it is very much canon that Ethel adores Jughead, and mm-hmm. many times, you know, pre the relaunch in in the two thousands, Ethel and Jughead were constantly linked. If they were not actively dating, they were always together. Mm-hmm. So, like, to me, I'm like, yay, they're doing this where they're kind of friends. And, yes, she's googly-eyed, but, like, Jughead only likes food. And that's fine, too. They are definitely playing up the Ethel is in love with Jug, and Jug is in a love affair with the food in front of him. Yeah, I'm fine with this fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his dog hot dog. <laughs> Always. We cut to what is clearly their makeout point. Um, there's a bunch of cars there. And Cheryl, at first I was like, Cheryl is snooping. No, Cheryl is there to knock on all the cars and make sure that they know they need to buy tickets, which is a very shrewd marketing campaign by Cheryl. I have to give her points for that. However, she knocks on the wrong car and she sees that Fangs and Midge are intertwined and she yells at Midge to get out of the car and basically like accosts her and Midge acquiesces to this and they run off. Very funny to me. It's all very silly. Yes. Over in a not so steamy car, we have Kevin and Betty. And they're just like nothing's happening. So she tries to kiss him and he's like, No, like what's up with you? And he's like, you know, I'm 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 worried about performing. I don't want to, you know, get a cold. And she's just like, Ugh. 
It's like, this is ridiculous. You know, we've been dating for months and we're not even going steady. You haven't pinned me. Kevin's like, like, how am I supposed to pin you? I don't play a varsity sport. And Betty explains, it doesn't have to be a varsity pin. It can be any old pin. It could be a ring. And Kevin goes, when did you become such a sex maniac? Which, fuck off. (laughs) But then Betty's retort is great. I love this. She goes, oh my God, wanting my boyfriend to kiss me every once in a blue moon does not make me a sex maniac. And I do not have cold germs or cooties. And I will definitely not be cheering you on at the sock hop. And she leaves. Riverdale. Riverdale. <laughs> I, oh, I, they're such teenagers. I love it. I love I well, I just love that Betty's like, you will not call me a sex maniac. Uh-uh. No. Uh-uh. A I'm not putting up with this shit. Maniac. I lo- yeah, I it's so great. I actually don't hate this from Kevin's standpoint. Like mm-hmm. it's it's a terrible thing to say, but also from a character standpoint, it does make sense for someone in his position to say. Sure. Like he's just completely flabbergasted, is lost, his brain is cycling for the thing to say, and he jumps on the worst option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it comes down to he's not interested. No. And that's fine. <laughs> Sweet boy. He doesn't realize, and he doesn't have the words to be like, oh, no. No. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, we come on over to the Pep Comics office, and Mr. Fieldson's like, well, it's pretentious, clunky, and too much dialogue, but it'll do. And Jughead is excited, and he's like, well, now I got to find out who who can do the art. And Jughead's like, I got someone for you, young, incredible, hungry, cheap, and loves monster movies. And it's when he says cheap <laughs> that Fieldstone really perks up. Of course. And he's like, okay, but I want those pages tomorrow. And Jughead's like, you'll have them. Thanks for everything. Uh, we cut on over to school, and Kevin has gone into the music room, and Clay Walker is there. So they, like, formally introduce each other, and we find out that Clay, uh, his dad was in the military, and he asks, you know, are you going to sock hop? Or Kevin asks Clay, are you going to sock hop? And Clay's like, I wouldn't have a date. I, I don't know many people unless um, you could think of someone I should ask. And that actually throws Kevin off. And he's like, oh, a lot of people go stag here. And it's very, like, they just keep making, like, weird eyes. They just love it. Love the tension. It's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go back to the doghouse. Hey! Hey! We're there a lot this episode. We're there a lot. And it is fun because, you know, we hadn't been there in a while. And for a while, the doghouse had been turned into the teacher's lounge. And that is okay. Mm-hmm. We accept this. But, you know, we're in the doghouse proper. Archie tells Veronica that, hey, I've been working on it. You know, I, I've brushed up. And I'm I'm ready for a demonstration. How do you feel about slow dancing? She's like, oh, well, nothing better. But upon further reflection, um, we she's like, I'm 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 entertaining other offers. So being my escort demands more than just dancing. And she's like, so come to the Pembroke tonight and uh, we'll be discussing politics, art and current events. And you need to dazzle me with your wit, which just is ugh, it's gross. But I love it because this is how Veronica was in the comics that I would read. So I'm like, yes, rich bitch, nudie brat. Love it. This is how Veronica has always been in the comics. She could be nice and very well, of course. sweet and giving when it was really about her and Betty's friendship. But when it came about like boys, this is how she was all the time. So I'm I'm really happy to see a lot of that here. Mm-hmm. So Archie's like, all right, cool. He's got a mission and he leaves. And Betty's been watching this. And she's like, 
hi like boys just get to do what do whatever you say and veronica's like they're not that complicated and she's just like look it's fun to mess with boys we'll keep them on on their toes look why don't you know surely there's some other guy that you wouldn't mind spending time with at the sock app do that and it'll piss off kevin since kevin's not paying attention to you yeah so betty like hears this and she gets a very sly smile on her face and we know who she's thinking about i love her little sneak behind on the books and it's like so they just do whatever you say Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, we go to the hallway and cheryl is having trouble selling her tickets in fact she costs dilton doily this is so good why aren't you doing why aren't you buying a ticket and he's like because of the serpents what are they planning he said they'd be waiting in the parking lot and they're gonna throw rotten eggs at anyone who tries to get to the dance barbarians and who is making these threats pray tell mostly the scary girl tony (laughs) and cheryl says this means war dismissed and dilton runs away I like that she just stares at him for like a good three seconds. Yeah, I love it. Oh, Dilton. Sweet, sweet Dilton. Oh, we go to Andrew's house and Archie walks into the kitchen with a very too small Jack. He's like, Mom, help. <laughs> and then, of course, this means we're going to put on Fred's jacket and we have mm-hmm. a very nice heart to heart. Mary is just a little uneasy about this process that he's having to like go through with Veronica. And he's like, well, she's from Hollywood. Things are different. And uh, she talks about Fred and the poems he would write her. And Archie's like, what poems? She's like, yeah, your dad can make a girl swoon. And, you know, they decide, you know, yes, the jacket's perfect. And they decide on a tie. So then we cut over to Betty's house and Archie's there. And he's like, hey, look, I need to impress her. So don't laugh at me, but I wrote her a poem. And I just need someone to read it and let me know if I'm nuts. And she's like, okay. She calls him Walt Whitman. (laughs) And so she reads it and like, it's actually really sweet. You have a poet soul, Arch, who knew. She's very impressed. Mm. It's adorable. Mm-hmm. Cut to the dark room. So good. Love the name of that. That is actually where current day white worm is. So it's under pops. Um, It is a coffee bar and jazz club. And Cheryl is there. And we see Tony sitting and reading. And she's there to like be like, come on, you've got to stop this. And Tony's like, hey, stay. Bangs is about to perform. He's going to blow your socks off. Order a cappuccino. Let's get to know each other better. All right. Cool. I love everything about the darkroom. Makes me so happy. It's I love it. Best. It's perfect. It's the best switch up for the 50s. Oh, it's perfect. And I love the name. The darkroom. Fabulous. We cut it over to Pembroke. Archie has arrived. And Veronica opens the door wearing a very classic comic book look. That bow is so huge. And stiff. I love it so much. So amazing. But when Ar- and Archie has come, he's got chocolates and flowers, and he walks in, and there's a room full of dudes. And then there's a table filled with flowers and chocolates that they also brought. And oh, fuck. Oh, no. No. It's not going to go well. We cut on over to the Cooper house, and Betty and Alice are doing dishes, and Betty needs to ask her mom for some advice. <sighs> Worst idea ever. <laughs> She's having weird feelings about Archie, like stirrings. And she's like, I felt a flutter in my stomach when we were dancing. And Alice says, well, maybe this fluttering is because you feel underappreciated by Kevin. And Betty says, well, oh, I I hadn't thought about it that way. And Alice like, it's good you came to me about that. Because now her mother's going to interfere as only Alice can do. Well, okay. So let's pause here a second. Okay. 
Because right after that, she starts scrubbing just a little bit too hard. Oh, yes. And there are moments with Alice and some of the other grownups this episode. And I don't know if it's all the adults Mm -hmm. or if it is a certain select few, but I don't think they're the actual quote unquote adults that they purport to be. I, I, and I don't know who they would be, but I have a feeling that they are some force holding everybody back from getting back to where they're supposed to be, hmm. especially with the way Alice jumps in and interferes here. And I know that that's not, I mean, that's pretty normal for Alice in general. Yeah, that's pretty season one Alice for sure. But the flip side is just how specifically she gets involved here. And why is she trying to push Kevin back instead of letting Betty and Archie get together? Oh, uh, here's my thinking is that she definitely knows that Kevin is gay. And so that means nothing untoward is going to happen with her daughter. I don't I don't think so. I think this goes deeper to how they start to figure out how they're trapped here and how they need to get out. I don't know. I'll have to think about that one more. But. The other side of this is we don't know if Polly exists in this world. Exactly. And if we don't know that, we don't know where she is. Because in season one world, Polly is with the Sisters of Quiet Mercy um, Mm -hmm. because she's pregnant and nobody was allowed to know. So that same archetype is still at play here. And so that's what gives me reason to think, well, this is just what Alice would do. Alice is controlling above all else. And... I don't think anything what we talk when we get to the pin scene later, I think all that's bullshit. I think she's lying about the pin. I Oh, of course. And then also like, you know, the whole FP of it all later. It was a whole other thing. There's the sense that they may be circling back around the season one storylines. Sure. I mean they're reinventing them, which is fine, but I wouldn't be surprised if you're right. But I think that would be I don't know that it would be Alice. I think that's just Alice. But it's definitely the principal and the psychiatrist guy. Yeah. Again, like I said, it's like it's hard to know who might be bad or not. Mm-hmm. But there is clearly something pushing them in these directions. Well, it would have to be what's his face, Percival. Uh, Percival's gone though. But is he? Like we think we sent him back, but we don't really know. Mm. So it's certainly it's certainly possible. Though then, what is the other force? Where is it? I mean. Because we don't have any other mystic in this world that we've been told of. And so if it, is, if it isn't Percival, that's just fucking lazy. Uh, I don't know. They might have something else up their sleeve. I don't know. There is there's definitely something off with the grownups, though. That's fair. And that, that's the hunch that I've got is that, and I don't know how many or who, but some's off with the grownups here. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to keep a real close eye on them. Uh, we go to we go over to Ethel's house and Jughead's there seeing Ethel's drawings. He's like, this is amazing. There's no way Fieldstone doesn't hire you. And she's like, oh, my God, even though I'm a girl. And it's like, if he doesn't, I'll eat my own crown. And then Ethel says, you know, hey, the, the sock hops tomorrow. And he goes, it is it. Um, she's like, well, let's, why don't we go together for kicks? And he's like, yeah, it might be fun. They could have a decent spread, cookies and whatnot. Of course, Jughead only cares about food. Absolutely and then perfect. mom comes in. Since when are boys allowed in your room? We're studying moms. Well, whatever you're doing, you're lucky your father's working nights at the factory this week. And Jack is just like, well, I was actually leaving. I'll, I'll see you tomorrow. Sorry. <laughs> She's really ominously tense. Yeah. I know what the suggestion is. 
But there's something weird about them. Sure, but again, it makes me go back to like the like is this the the town in Footloose where it's like all of the kids, if we don't watch over them, all they will do is have sex nonstop. That's that's what the the only thing they're capable of doing. So instead of dancing, it's sex. What if it's the town of Footloose meets They Live, where they're all evil zombie aliens? Okay, that's certainly possible. That to me seems like where we're headed, right? Is that, yeah, that's the subtext, but then something much deeper and darker is going on underneath that. Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't know. Well, we'll need to see more to truly understand what's happening. Uh, we go over to the Pembroke, and this scene goes on for way too long. It is very painful. <sighs> Basically, Julian Blossom is a huge asshat. Mm-hmm. Archie is gets pissed off, and he leaves. And he throws his poem in the trash can outside the door. This could have just been the painting bit. Yeah. Like, we didn't need to keep doing the Sinatra joke and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Or it just didn't need to linger quite so long. Though I do think it's it's crucial to get a sense of Archie's character as it sits right now. I do, like, he gets real angry. And it takes a lot to hold him back from that. Yeah. And rightfully so, but uh, I do love, it's been a real swell night, but I'm going to blow before I spill someone's blue blood all over your nice things. Yep. Woo! There's angry Archie. I love it. We cut to the next morning. Veronica has shown up on the an- at the Andrews house and Mary answers the door and uh, she's trying to apologize and Mary's not having it. It's like, what kind of girl makes boys auditions to be the date to a sock op. She goes, well, your parents are actors. And she's like, that's not an excuse. If you hurt my boy, we're going to have some serious trouble, little Miss Femme Fatale. And then she slams the door in her face. And I'm like, yeah. she She's about to say something much worse than Femme Fatale. Oh, yeah, I love it. I mean, she 100% called her on her bullshit. It was like, fuck you. <laughs> well, I, th- I think the fun thing here, though, is... And again, part of it's because of the way the TV show works Mm -hmm. is that in the comics, Veronica would do that shit and then roll her eyes Mm -hmm. in this Veronica has that happen. And then you can start to see and this is partly Cammy of being like, oh, well, Veronica doesn't have anybody to hold her accountable. She was sent away instead of her parents parenting her. She was sent away, which, you know. It's not that uncommon. You're a problem, so you must be dealt with. And so mm-hmm. here, an adult is telling her, it's not cute and it's not okay. Like, don't mess with my kid. Which, you know, is the right thing to say. Yeah, I just appreciate seeing more of that, like, yeah, that was really bad <laughs> from Veronica. So we cut on over to the Cooper house and Alice has invited Kevin over for some tea. High point. And... You know, Kevin's like, you know, I, Betty wants things for me. I'm not sure if I can give them to her. And Alice is just kind of like, you need to give her this. And so she gives her the big pen. She wants to feel appreciated and all those things. Those feelings will settle. And Kevin rightfully asks, but like, but won't that mean she'll expect more of me? It's totally fair. And Alice says, no, no, no. It'll take the pressure off. It's a symbol for what every girl craves. They just... Just want a fellow that's going to carry their books home after school and take them to the movies or call them on the telephone before supper. And Kevin's like, is that all? A pin is a promise, Kevin. Uh, And then she's like, this is the exact pin that Mr. Cooper gave me back in high school. Um, It answered uh, a desire that we both were feeling. And then things were fine and pure from that point forward. 
So there's definitely like a purity cult happening here for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a good boy, Kevin, and Betty is a good girl, and I believe this pin will take care of everything. Yeah. So we cut over to the school, and now Tony is helping Cheryl sell tickets. She costs Dilton is like, you gotta take one, and she's like, just kind of gives him an eye, and he goes, five, I'll, I'll take five. <laughs> and so she's like, hey, did you break the news to Kevin yet? And she goes, no, but I will. Can you dig it? Which is so obnoxious. Yeah, well. Uh, then we go to the principal's office, and the principal and Dr. Werther's, that's the psychiatrist's name. Mm-hmm. They were deeply concerned about what Ethel was drawing. Where did the vision for this come from? Your subconscious, a nightmare, the movies. Uh, and she's like, their first story, comic book, blah, 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 blah. I was like, I'm sorry, but this is just indecent and you can't do this in class. So you're going to have a week's detention starting today. Cool. Uh, we go to the hallway and Archie goes to Veronica to apologize for, you know, leaving. And he's like, I did it because I was going to rip Julian's head off. And <laughs> She's just like, well, he would have deserved it. And I'm mortified that he said that to you. And so he's like, well, in that case, if you haven't make, made your decision, I'm still keen on taking you to Stockhop. And she's like, well, I love that. Um, I'm going to not go with anyone. Um, she's like, there's just too many excellent options. It's just impossible for me to choose. And he's like, options like Julian Blossom. And then he's just done. He's like, I don't get you. It was a dog and pony show. Forget. Forget this entire week, you know. You're making me jump through hoops. like, And she's like, it's a game. You know, the queen of the hive gets her worker bees a buzz and then flies away before anyone gets stung too badly. And he's just like not having this. He's like, this is bullshit and walks away. It is bullshit. But at least she's honest. I mean, she she owns up to exactly what she did. She's like, it was just a game. Like to her, yep. it's just a game. He's like, fuck that shit. Uh, so we go to the girls locker room. I love I love their 1950s gym clothes. They're so <laughs> cute. And he's like, have you made your pick yet? And Veronica's like, I'm going stag. What happened? What about what about the the poem? And Veronica's like, what? I did not get a poem. And she's like, uh, I probably didn't deserve it. So Betty's like, wait, so who's Archie going to sock up with? No one as far as I know. I'll tell you one thing, though. Whoever he ends up going with, she's one lucky girl. And Betty just gets this look on her face. And then we cut to Archie in the hallway. And we can see Betty, like, just emerge from the locker room. And she's like walking towards Archie, like determined, like, I'm going to ask Archie to the sock hop. Anthemic synth pop plays. I love it. It felt very much like uh, that scene from uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. It really did. Just in that, like, it just happened and it was going. And as soon as Betty and Archie, like, make, like, eye contact, Kevin comes by. He's like, "Uh, Betty, can I talk with you? It's important. Record scratch. Okay, let's talk. Uh, we go into the music room and she's like, Cheryl bumped me. Apparently, you know, Fangs is God's gift or something. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, so he he's just like, I'm a dope. Sorry. You're the most amazing girl. And I took you for granted. It won't happen again. Will you go steady with me? Uh, and she's like, yeah, sure. And uh, he's going to pan her. But he's like, I don't know how to do it. She's like, I'll do it. It's so awkward. Oh, it's painful. It's very painful. We go over to the principal's office and guess who didn't show up for her detention? I'm concerned, Felix. I think we should speak to Ethel's parents. God knows what's troubling that girl. <sighs> well, they're dumb 50s men. Yep. I will say, like, it's harsh. But I also, in that time, I'm like, well, uh, uh, one week's detention is not unjustified. 
I mean, they think what she's drawing is awful. It's it's just stupid, but like... To be clear, it's pretty fucking gruesome. Yeah. So then we cut over to Pep Comics, and they love Ethel's work. They're like, you did these. A girl generated these pages. And Jughead's like, yes, and she's currently skipping detention because of how badly she wants to draw comic books for you. Uh, And he's like, well, let me congratulate you. These are the most putrid pages I've seen in a long time. And that's the highest compliment I can give any artist. Amazing. Freckles, you have real talent. And I love that he calls Ethel Freckles. And then he looks at the two of them and he's like, um, are you boyfriend, girlfriend? And uh, Jerry's like, um, no, we're just creative partners. And Ethel goes, but we're going to the stock hop together. To which Fieldson goes, ah. <laughs> like, he knows exactly what the dynamic is that's happening here. Mm-hmm. It's great. We cut it over to the Pembroke and Smithers is still alive somehow in this universe. <laughs> Yeah, Smithers is a construct in this universe. He really is. Uh, he knocks on the doors, and Veronica's just about to put her face on. He's like, I was cleaning up the bins, and I came across something that I believe belongs to you. She's like, what is it? It's, like, it's a poem. So, yeah, he's joking. It's the poem. No. We go over to Ethel's house. She's just come home, and her dad and her mom are there, and they are pissed off. Apparently, she's, you know, the school called. She's been drawing dirty pictures. And Mrs. Muggs like, you've also been staying up at all hours and inviting boys into your bedroom. Like, we did not raise you this way. And Ethel throws it back at her parents, like, maybe if you didn't drink so much, Mom, and maybe if you weren't so miserable all the time, Dad. And they're like, what the hell? And she's like, fine, whatever. I've got work to do. I'm going to the sock hop. And Mrs. Muggs is like, over my dead body. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We know what that means in Riverdale. I mean, someone's about to die. This is such a weird this is such a weird scene because they've hewn so close to this like 1950s perfect vision and they're clearly pointing out that like her father is quite possibly abusive well her mom's a drunk and her dad's abusive in our real world her dad's a criminal so it's just but it's so watered down that it makes it just like (laughs) it's it's just weird like it just like there's no escalation it's just weird which, again, if we find out that the grown-ups are all some sort of weird other kind of entity, then that will actually make a shit ton of sense. I don't know. Maybe I would really like to see Ed- Edgar Ever Never show up. That'd be fine. That wouldn't shock me. That'd be interesting and fun. We go to the sock hop, and it's very cute. You know, they slip off their saddle shoes. The parents are chaperoning. Clay runs into Kevin and is just... uh. It's very awkward, and he's like, "Hey, I'm I'm sorry that you're not singing. I, I I really wanted to hear you." And Kevin's like, "Oh yeah, apparently he's out of this world singer." And Clay's like, "Yeah, sure, it's easy on the eyes, but I could say the same thing about you." He's like, "Maybe you could give me a private concert one of these days." And Kevin's just like, "Yeah, um, okay, but you know, I'm I gotta give Betty her punch. Have fun tonight." It, it's it's very awkward, but it's adorable. Well, it's Clay's like, "I'm making a move." He's putting himself out there. It's like, I can tell this about you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Kevin's like, Kid cannot compute. <laughs> no, this, this, I, I don't understand this. I have feelings, but I don't get it. <laughs> yep. So then Fangs plugs in. He's far too serious. Um, especially <laughs> like, find somebody to hold on to. And then sings Tutti Fruity. <laughs> and he sings it real fucking good. He does sing <laughs> he does it does a great good. job. Archie makes eyes at Veronica, Betty and Kevin dance, Jug eats, Midge, you know, is standing right in front of uh, Fangs and she's swooning. And Tony goes and asks Cheryl to dance. And Cheryl's like, no, I'm I'm having 
perfectly fine time sat, you know, supervising from here. And Tony's like, look, just one oogie boogie dance and then I'll leave you alone. And she's like, okay, fine. So then they get on the floor and they're just having a lot of fun. And the principal is staring at them like, oh no, that is not two girls dancing. Those are lesbians. But again, <laughs> I- and, and, and here's my thing is that I feel like it's, it's too easy to go that route because they already did it before. Yeah, that's not going to stop them. True, but. I have a I just have that sense of you did this storyline once before. You're ending a series. There's got to be an extra layer on top of that. And so I feel like this still plays into the the adults are not completely what they seem. Well, I think the adults appear to be in the no sex cult. I I just don't really want to buy that there's going to be this other mystical thing at play. In this universe, it's just not interesting at all. Oh, it's fucking Riverdale. Who the fuck knows what's going on? I, I know, but as that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's just not interesting. So I really don't want to think about it too much. All the parents <laughs> are just concerned about everyone fucking. That's it. That's the concern. Mm. Nobody's allowed to fuck with anybody ever. <laughs> like, it's just, that's what the deal is. Then Fang sings. Another song. Only you. He sings very well, but he's doing this version where he's over enunciating and there's just a bunch of stop starts that just is not good. It doesn't fit the scene properly. His um, version on stage is not what he's but, doing in the recording. <laughs> no, but I have a theory about that as well. We'll get to it at the end. Whoa. Veronica tells Archie that she got the poem and she recites it to him and it's very sweet. And she asks him to dance and he's like, Maybe another time, because he then he walks past her and goes and asks his mom to dance, which is very sweet and cute. And Archie. And very Archie. And then Julian Blossom comes by. She's like, where have you been keeping yourself? Oh, I've been around waiting for my moment. You could do a lot worse, you know. And she accepts his dance request. And then we cut over to the principal standing next to Cheryl. And it's like, boys and girls dancing in chaste harmony, just as God intended. Wouldn't you agree, Miss Blossom? (laughs) Yes, everything is as it was meant to be as she's looking at Tony. Super sad. Yeah, she was looking at Tony. And then that's when he comes over to talk to her. And this was what convinced me that he has been instructed to keep her away from girls. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, so that that's what convinced me that like, oh, she knows and her family probably knows because they're the Blossoms and they control everything. Yeah. But also Kevin looking across to Clay. Yeah, Kevin looks across to Clay while he's dancing with Betty, like trying to figure, like he's trying to like put the dots together for himself. But in the meantime, Alice is beaming looking at them. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. If I'm right, I get a big TV genius moment here. Yes, you do. And I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I don't find that interesting. And we also need to see more of the adults, you know, being mustache twirly for me to really buy into that. Other than there are no sex cults. Like, that's it. Like, that's really all it is, which seems pretty on brand for the 50s. We get to Jughead's eating, mouth is full, and Ethel bursts into the gym. And she's covered in blood. And then she's, you know, she's down on the floor. She's breathing. And she's like, Jughead. He's like, Ethel, is that blood? Jughead, something terrible has happened. Riverdale. And something that's very rare is that fangs keep singing through the credits. They don't do that very often. In fact, I 
don't I, I'd really it, it's less than five times they've done that. I very much feel like this is some like a version of a simulation. Fangs is a glitch here. That's part of why the song sounds the way it's it does, in my opinion. It's like that's a glitch. It shouldn't be that way. Like what's happening here between Fangs and Midge, like that shouldn't be happening in this world. So it's gonna be part of what breaks down what's happening in this world, which is gonna ultimately propel them back to their world. Boy, that's an even bolder claim. I think that's it. I think Fangs is a glitch here. Yeah, I just think he is. Well, and I could also see Fangs, Tony, mm-hmm. Clay, because Clay's completely new. Clay's completely new for us, which is fine, but I don't know that he's a glitch. I think it's more of in our Riverdale, Kevin is, you know, getting back together with Moose again. Well, fuck that. Like, love, love Marmaduke. But that doesn't really make sense. But like this is this is Kevin's person that should be in the future. You just haven't met him yet, which is also cool. Unless Clay is like John Connors coming back to save them all. Yeah. And like maybe maybe that I mean, I could see that as the glitch is that the adults know that this is not the like this is like their do over with their kids. And the only way to like make sure they're on the right track is if they can't have sex with anybody they're not supposed to have sex with. Like, nobody's like, if they start sleeping around, chaos ensues, Hmm. which would also make a little bit of sense. Like, we can't entertain any of these relationships that we have not decided are canon. Kind of like Time Lords or like the TVA in Loki. Something to that effect. Like, we have to stay on the proper timeline. Yeah, it's some kind of bullshit like that. Oh, I'm waiting for, for us to start getting into Groundhog Day shit with this show. Oh, I would love to see that happen. Because I have a feeling that's coming. I would love to see an episode like that. Actually, I think what would be great, since we haven't seen him yet in this world, is Reggie. It happens to Re- Reggie gets stuck in some loop. Well, we know Reggie's coming. <laughs> we know Reggie's coming, but it'll be interesting. Yeah. So that would be great like to know that like this world is not perfect, and these are the glitches. This is what we're noticing. This is what we're figuring out. So yeah that's that's my thinking it's very much like let's just take everything from the mcu and just do it here which you know it's a good thing i've studied a lot of mcu bullshit (laughs) i am prepared well i'll tell you what maybe our next time on will give us some more clues what do you think Uh, i don't know about that but let's go check it out Confront their desire to bone with a makeout party. <laughs> cool. Whatever. I can't tell if those are going to be like actual makeout moments or whether it's going to be uh, in their heads. There's de- well, there's definitely hallucination vibes going on here, which is fine. That's cool. Yeah. Whatever. It. I don't care. Like <laughs> they're they're doing those trailers where they show you just enough. You're like, what the fuck? But it doesn't tell you anything that's happening, which I'm fine with. Good for you. Good for trying to keep some mystery alive here in the year 2023 with your final season of this batshit crazy show veronica wants to hold an orgy that's that's what they've given us this is a makeout party it's not an orgy per se oh come on i know (laughs) i'm just being obnoxious because it's fun and easy but until next time hashtag go Go bulldogs
be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.